0: Rising Stronger, Living, Loving, and Leading from a Seat of Gratitude, by Dr. Pauline Elizabeth Walner Nooks. Acknowledgment. About sixteen years ago, I was invited to spend six weeks of my summer teaching in Tel Aviv, Israel. The purpose. Was to teach leadership and organizational behavior in a health services management program on behalf of an American university. As I will share in this book, I worked as an adjunct faculty member at universities in Connecticut and Maine. By the time I arrived in Israel, I had completed three degrees in the United States and had been teaching as an adjunct faculty member at various universities in Maine. My assignment in Israel was my first major American assignment overseas, and it was the beginning of an intriguing global journey. Working with a captivating group of culturally diverse students from other countries provided many personal insights on global cultures. I had the pleasure of swimming in the Mediterranean Sea and watched mature couples dance under the stars on the beach in Tel Aviv. I took a submarine tour into the Red Sea and floated in the Dead Sea. While traveling on a bus tour in Israel, my colleague and I met two lovely ladies, one American and the other African. We took pictures covered from head to toe with mud from the Dead Sea. I doubt our parents would recognize us. One thing I know for sure, if the pain in my ankle I nursed for a year and a half prior to that visit ever returned, I would gladly do it again. I was baptized in the Jordan River while on a bus tour with medical doctors and teachers from Europe and Africa. I met a lovely couple from Australia who were kind enough to take care of me while I spent the weekend in Jerusalem. I owe them a debt of gratitude and still hope my invitation to Brisbane is still open. It was while I was teaching in Israel that I accepted the challenge of completing a fourth degree at University of Phoenix School of Advanced Studies, concentrating in leadership and management. I met some really terrific people on that journey and I'm happy that they're still in my circle. Each time I travel on a different country with a group of culturally diverse dedicated individuals I am reminded of the importance of cultural awareness and competencies. The seams that bind us together must be more important than the superficially selfish dualities that keep tearing us apart. The accounts I choose to share in this book may seem too graphic, incomplete or irrelevant. Yet, writing a summary of my life has given me new perspectives about my fantastic journey. Given the expertise of the people who helped me along the way, I have a lot to be grateful for. I'm not rich by quantitative standards, yet, I believe that the family I am blessed with and the people I met both in my professional and personal life did not happen by chance. The people I reference in this book and so many more in the universe helped me to self-reflect, overcome challenges and achieve success. Mark you, my definition of success may be totally different from yours. I am successful every day that I wake up breathing and my jaws open into a smile. I am successful enough to fly like an eagle and I'm even more grateful for those who told me otherwise. I pray that in time we will all find our true purpose and embrace love. I pray that as a people we will stay above the fray of insecurity, fear, doubt, anger, jealousy, envy, blame, hatred and vacillation. I pray we will embrace values of positive affirmations of love for ourselves and others. I pray that we will use our voice to uplift and not to tear down. Do no harm. Don't add to the failings of others. The Christian Bible says, let us bear one another's burdens. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29. I pray that we will never take each other for granted. Life is too short. I welcome opportunities to work with and speak with diverse groups. After all, it is another chance to meet and work with remarkable people who appreciate messages of learning, sharing and growing. I laugh loudly when my younger brother teases me about my 15-year-old prayer for opportunities to travel and how I forgot to pray for the financial ability to do so. My oldest sister keeps telling me, It will all come together, my sister, because you are blessed. Don't give up. My youngest brother says, I love you, big sister. Keep climbing. That is the essence of wealth that cannot be measured quantitatively. And like clockwork, it keeps on giving. Through love and compassion, the people I have met lit a unified and infinite torch that leads all the way to the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. I know I am living my life's purpose. Whenever a sister calls and says. Hello sunshine. A brother calls and says excitedly. Wagwan girl. When my oldest. Brother says. When you hurt. When your heart breaks. My heart breaks too. When my. Oldest son calls to say, Mom, me just a call see how you do. Or my youngest child says, Mom, do you know? When my youngest sister says, don't settle, choose wisely. When my grandnie says, you have what it takes to succeed, auntie. When my mother leaves a voicemail message that says, Dr. Walner, where in the world are you? I truly realize that my butterfly mantra that keeps me flying like an eagle is still intact and that everything is going to be okay. As my greatest critic, I'm constantly reminded of my imperfection. Yet through the eyes of the men and women I serve every day, I feel fulfilled when they express gratitude for a job well done. I am learning the nuances of expressing myself in a format that combines lessons in leadership with a heart of gratitude. My colleague, Dr. Mike Grossman, recently penned another book titled So You Want to Write a Book? And this was in answer to the myriad of questions I had about writing and self-publishing a book outside of academia. The process of writing is less difficult that the fear of sharing intimate details about my life's journey. I hope you will bear with me as I meander through stories I have never felt more compelled to share. Let me express a huge thank you to all the people who touched my life in untold ways. If I did not write about your story this time, it is because I am waiting on you to tell it in your own way. Thank you all for your love and your support. Chapter 1 Introduction Living in various communities in Jamaica include one labeled as Ghetto, At the foothills of Kingston's Russell Heights and Jacksill, I can safely say my leadership lessons started in humble places and contributed to where I am today. My rich heritage is more about the connections and networks of teachers encountered over the past 40 years. Although I make frequent references to the men and women of the expatriate community I regularly hang out with, some of my most influential teachers never crossed the stage to accept a college diploma. They are the quiet, modest, yet determined men and women who operate in the background like orchestral conductors, making it possible for others to thrive. Though we never planned it to be so, each encounter is carefully orchestrated by a power source outside of and bigger than ourselves. No doubt when we fail to listen to counsel, our journey becomes dark and lonely and confusing. I have tried to write this memoir for a very long time. I started many articles and manuscripts and for unknown reasons I could not finish an article. For many reasons I could finish an article, publish a dissertation and never a memoir. Just a second ago it dawned on me that the book that I write does not have to be perfect or a bestseller, it just has to teach me and reach a few people who want to be reminded that life is what we make it. Even as I write these words, it is not clear to me how this book will end. I am told by my colleagues that is okay too. Although this book is primarily written in the first person, It is not an opportunity to brag about my accomplishments or complain about my challenges. It is merely a chronicle that pays homage to the hundreds of men and women who provided guidance and wisdom and support during my journey in Jamaica, Canada, the United States and around the globe. Every story told within contributes to my life's passion of helping people to learn, share and grow. Having spoken to a few well-meaning coaches and mentors and potential publicists, nothing will happen unless I pen my own experience. So let's start at the top. This is the land of my birth. You are the ackee in my saltfish, condensed milk in my tea, the patty in my cocoa bread. Without you, there is no me quoted from Jamaica Love Poem by Rasta Shakespeare. In 1978, Eric Donaldson, a Jamaican reggae singer, won the annual independence contest with the infamous song penned by one of Jamaica's artistic sons, Winston Wallace. This is the land of my birth. It was the third time Donaldson had won the festival Yet of the three, this song resonates with every Jamaican on or off the island. That was the same year that Jamaica won seven medals at the Commonwealth Games in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada with Donald Quarry winning the gold in 100 meter finals. Ricardo B.B. Gardner, one of the four jamaican footballers with more than 100 national appearances was born that same year this was eight whole years before athletic champion usain bolt was born and three years before reggae icon robert nesta marley om died 41 years after the song was penned Many structural, emotional, physical and social changes have occurred in Jamaica. For those of us conscious of our rich, expansive, purposeful heritage, the songs and lyrics instill powerful messages of love, acts as a beacon of hope and frames a paradigm of pride for Jamaicans living on or off the island. I was born in an island where the citizens possessed the instinctive and logical ability to solve any problem. No problem, man. The response, I can't, is used infrequently. Because if they couldn't, there was always a little man down the street who could and would. It is a land of don't worry about a thing, waking up to the rising sun, Three little birds beside my doorsteps singing sweet songs of melody pure and true by Robert Nesta Marley. OM, the same can be interpreted from a Christian perspective. Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus, He will be your stay by John W. Patterson. Challenges would work itself out because love, hope, and optimism were interwoven in our strong historical heritage. The dream of every little girl and boy in my neighborhood was to have an outstanding career. When I grow up, I want to be a... If you can relate, fill in your own aspiration into the blank lines provided. Perhaps some kids dreamt of becoming a lawyer, doctor, prime minister, president, teacher, preacher, or movie star. Anything that would elevate our status and move us from the neighborhood into a fancier lifestyle was okay. In hindsight, we had amenities that many of our neighbors did not. When measured by financial standards, we were poor, comfortable, conservative, unique, and much happier than most. Sure, our life was not perfect. We had to overcome many obstacles, who didn't? By today's standards, those difficulties were easy to maneuver. If you were hungry, you climbed and picked dinner from a breadfruit tree. You could then start a fire and roast the breadfruit for the family. Coupled with a national dish, Aki and sawfish, you would pick the Aki from the tree in the yard and cooked the sawfish purchased at Mr. Harry's grocery store around the corner, the meal will be ready. I sense that my Caribbean friends are salivating and playing homage to similar memories. In that environment, very few people were hungry, homeless, or threatened with eviction. It was disturbing to know that so many people faced this predicament during the financial downturn in America. Perishable goods don't fare well in 90 degrees weather. Therefore, we either created informal exchanges and shared excess with our neighbors or sold them in makeshift marketplaces. This is similar to what I observed during a visit to a Seventh-day Adventist church in Seoul, South Korea, a few years ago. Members created an exchange by bringing excess homegrown fruits and vegetables to church to share with their community. Call it socialism if you must. I call it interdependence. Of course, working hard and having strong cash flow had its advantages. However, back then, there were other measures of success. A business trip to Indonesia a few years ago brought up nostalgic memories of my Jamaican experience. What do we have in common? Both countries grow similar fruits and vegetables. What a great opportunity to start a conversation. Start the conversation where it matters most. Similarities. During mango season in Jamaica, we had a choice of Julie, Blackie, Bombay, East Indian mangoes, to name a few. One or two mangoes served as a full meal. Did I mention other delicious fruits like sweet sap, sour sap, custard apples, coconut, and jackfruit? While I do not speak Japanese, having traveled there more than 30 times, I found out that city names became easier when connecting them with our Jamaican dialect. For example, Shinagawa is a major city in Tokyo. In Jamaican dialect, we would say, Shi-na-go-we, translated to mean the woman has no intention of leaving. So. Differences? Focusing on differences is not the best way to go. Focus on where we are similar and use the knowledge that we have in order to bridge communication gaps. For more information about this book, you may find Rising Stronger, Living, Loving, and Leading from a Seat of Gratitude by Dr. Pauline Elizabeth Wallner on Amazon